Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Cortland. How are you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> Thank you so much for asking. Just Brandon again, Brandon. Ugh. Yep. For, for the last time. Of well, this, yeah, you know, for now. Of this part of our lives. Yes, yes. Of our friendship, really, because it's almost over. So how are you doing this week, Brandon? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm still playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, me too, That's you fucker. You got me into it, you bastard. <sighs> yeah, it's it's like you have to infect one other person, and then they're the the leader of the vacant lot. Oh I'm free! <laughs> the poke pandemic. <laughs> so, You're not free, yeah, though. You're not things even have Things have taken a dark turn. Oh, why? What happened? So, I was walking to work the other day, as I do, avoiding spiderwebs as best I can. You know, when you open Pokemon Go, a little message comes up that's like, hey, don't fall in a manhole or something, you idiot. And I always just thumb through it like, (laughs) who would do that? That's stupid. (laughs) So I was walking in the dark the other day, playing Pokemon, trying to catch a Pokemon that I didn't have. Oh, okay. So, you know, I was focused on my game. And, uh, yeah, I fucking tripped over a bench in the park (laughs) and... Yeah, like, my feet were over my head, and I was, like, doing flips. Because oh I, I, I walk quick to work, because I don't want to miss my train. Oh, right. I forgot you had to take the train to go to work. So, yeah, oh I hit that oh that bench at, like, Mach 3. <laughs> but Are I got you the okay? Pokemon. Uh, you know, I got up. I limped the rest of the way to work. Nobody saw you, though, at least, right? No, it was in the dark. That was the best part. (laughs) I got up, and I, like, snapped my bones back into place, and I was like, well, at least nobody saw me. That would just be (laughs) And then people in, like, a security booth are just like... (laughs) 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 Look at this fucking dumbass. (laughs) What Pokemon was it? I don't... I can't even tell you. Some cat. (laughs) That sounds ridiculous, Brandon. I'm sorry that you fell, but at least I mean it that's where my life's at now. It. It's I feel like this is rock bottom, so things can only go up from here. Well, I have some news, Brandon. Oh yeah? Yeah. So I was looking on Hulu for a new show to watch. You recommended Superstore and we started watching that. It's great. But I saw an ad for a different show and I just knew I had to click on it and watch it. Oh, God, what was it? I'm a fan of uh, reality TV. I don't, I don't think you are very much, but I like the competitions where people get to be, like, creative and artistic or they make food or stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. There was an ad for a show that was a reality show um, hosted by Rebel Wilson. It's called Pooch Perfect, okay? So, <laughs> the prep... <laughs> The premise is, is that they have these people that, like, style dogs <laughs> competing oh for God. money. <laughs> it's incredible. That sounds like a fake reality show from a RoboCop movie. I know. It's so funny, though. They get these dogs, and they cut their, their hair, and they dye them, and it's so good. Like, I loved every fucking oh, second wow. of it. <laughs> How, like... How varied can you get dog styles? I, I thought the same thing, but like <laughs> they, one in the episode, they turned like the dogs into other animals, like you using dyes and cutting their hair and stuff. Whoa, it was that great! It was so funny. I I just was, 
I was in awe because I was like, how is this even real? And it was real. And now I have to wait a whole fucking week for another episode and I hate it. <laughs> oh man, it's week by week. Yeah, because it's like new. It's just like, oh, wow. oh my god, I can't. I can't do it. Feels so old fashioned. It's so funny. I can't believe it's a thing. Like I like, um, you know, the tattoo shows where they make tattoos because I like watching people create cool art. It's just fun to me. So now I have a new medium, and that is fucking watching somebody snip dogs' hairs into hearts and then dyeing them. And oh man, I just can't wait until they make a dog look fucking hideous. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna oh, be great. That's. So anyway, this is now the Pooch Pooch Perfect pod. (laughs) All right. Talking about Pooch Perfect every week. Man, I am on board. Pooch pod. Yeah, there we go. Next podcast. All we got to do is just wait through these six weeks. (laughs) Then we can go into Pooch Perfect. By then it'll probably be over and we can (laughs) can binge it. Oh, man. Maybe we can get Rebel Wilson on here. Oh, that'd be amazing. I kind of love Rebel Wilson. All right, Brandon, are you ready to talk about the... All new season of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Curse of the Shadows? I'm pretty damn ready. We just got done watching Curse of the Shadows Part 1, The Tale of the Haunted Woods. What'd you think of it, Brandon? What'd you think of this new reboot? If you can call it that. <sighs> well, from episode 1, I've got to say, it's a lot better than those horribly generic names would lead you to believe. I don't I think agree. I could come up with a more generic name if I tried. As a matter of fact, right now... <laughs> What do you think is a more generic name? Um, the monster of the setting, dilapidated bridge. Um, just thinking of things and places. Uh, I carnival of doom. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, the tale of the green grass. I don't know. Hmm. That one would make you think. Yeah, it could be about could anything. About the tale of the time trap. Uh, hmm. genies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of this episode brandon what, what was your uh hot take on the um first episode of the new the newest season all right uh i don't want to blow any minds out there or anything but uh i thought it was pretty okay pretty good yeah me too good setup some parts i really liked a lot of characters to meet but like we'll get through that yeah. um there's a lot of, i liked well, it i thought it was good i thought it was a good first episode yeah definitely i feel like I'm going to have to try really hard to not constantly compare this to Carnival of Doom. Yes, but, me uh, too. I don't think I'm going to be able to resist. No, and you know what? I'm just going to say it right off the bat. I think this is better than Carnival of Doom already. <laughs> well, I thought Carnival of Doom's first episode was the best part of it. Mm-hmm. I, it was a good setup, and it felt like it was gearing up for something more interesting than it ended up being, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is a good setup. And I feel like with six episodes, this is probably going to have a little bit more time to breathe and uh, have some more character moments that are interesting and Mm -hmm. not annoying, hopefully. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's I'm going to say some of this episode's a little bit slow and that's okay because they have six episodes to do it. They don't have to jam pack everything into uh, the first episode. Yeah. I mean, we get to meet the characters in a, you know, fun and interesting kind of way. And, you know, they just kind of get to do what they do for a little bit instead of having just this rushed interaction of, was that a yeah, question? Like, this you is know, we got- this is unrelated and only related in the tiniest way. But I just finished watching season three or whatever you want to call it of Twin Peaks. 
And right. that's 18 hour long episodes. And that show takes its goddamn time. <laughs> They'll just be like five minutes of a person, you know, washing windows or something. And you'll watch all five minutes of it happening. <laughs> I've never seen any of Twin Peaks, but I did see it was on Hulu next to Pooch Perfect. So uh, soon, oh, I God. think, maybe. It... <sighs> it's only got the first two seasons, I hope... though. I don't know where the I really one. hope you watch it, because I want someone to talk about Twin Peaks with. Do you want to just get into this episode and talk about it? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. All right. So the new season, it starts up outside in a dark alley, and we see a kid with a flashlight come walking up to a door, and he puts a key with a skull in it. And uh, he looks around and he sees that nobody's around. But we get a shot showing us he's breaking into Sardo's magic mansion. So right away, boom, boom, we're in Sardo's. (laughs) Yeah. This show's like fucking just right away. Like, boom, here you go. This is Are You Afraid of the Dark, motherfucker. You don't believe me? Sardo's right here. Pretty great. Uh, Inside, he looks around and we see... I I, I tried to look around um, really hard to see um, what I could find in Sardo's Magic Mansion. Because when we interviewed JT Billings, he let us know that there's a ton of Easter eggs that you can find um, that might not necessarily be, like, interacted with, right? So we look inside and we see an Egyptian casket, you know, from Guardian's Curse. I saw a top hat in the window. There was a typewriter on a table. And there's also a sweet dragon on another table which isn't like are you afraid of dark related i just loved it so (laughs) dragons are sweet anyway the kid sees a skeleton and gets scared a little and he knocks over some stuff like he just like plows into a display he looks around a little bit more and he comes across a locked display case he takes out his key and it glows blue when he inserts it he opens it up and there's a book inside he takes that book and there's a little dragon on the cover i think did you see anything in the shop that i did not i mean we get a couple more uh, spoilers, we get more time later to look, but... No, I uh, was like you. I was like kind of just pausing it and like, what's that? What's over here? Um, mm-hmm. The only other thing I really took note of was the like dummy on there. Yes. And I was like, oh, hey, it's the dummy from... Wait a second, that's Goosebumps! It was straight up slappy. I, pu- I didn't see it until um, towards the end of the episode, but it's straight up slappy. Yeah, I'm glad you see that too. <laughs> I didn't know it showed it at the beginning. Yeah. Now we're outside the shop and the kid's running away and he sees a sign that danger he sees a sign for like some danger unstable cliffs, right? Because he's going into this these woods, but he ignores yeah. that and we get a sweeping shot of a forest and a lighthouse. I like Some the sweeping say shots. You can of this. still hear Claudia out there yelling for Kate. Oh my god. Kate. Kate, hurry. I do like the sweeping shots that they get for this. I don't know. Yeah, they probably just used really a drone, nice. right? I mean unless probably. it's CG, That's... but Oh, that's so much work. Yeah, I'm, I'd like to assume it's just, like, a drone, a camera on a drone. Like, a, I, I like sweeping shots like that, though, so it was really cool. Back with the kid, he's running up to a house near a lighthouse, and he enters it. And he starts drawing a circle and chalk on the floor with some symbols, and he lights some candles around him, and he opens up the book, and he reads, Spirits high and spirits low, protect me from this wicked foe. The door behind him opens up, and he continues saying, Drive away all harm and fear. Only good is welcome here. Which that part was stupid, but... but. Spell of magic pure. And he stops when the door opens up fully, and he runs behind the door and hides the book in a loose board in the floor. A chair in the room moves away, followed by the couch and all the candles blow out. And he looks over and he sees his bag and makes a run for it. And he's grabbed by an invisible force until he shines a light on it. And he gets his bag and runs out of the house. 
And we get our first silhouette of the Shadow Man. Yeah. Also, I was just like, wow, right away. I know, right? He's just right drawing this out. Um, I gotta say, him hiding the book in the floorboard kind of reminded me of Quicksilver a little bit. I was gonna say the same thing. The whole ritual reminded me of Quicksilver. Just, uh, you know, yeah. children summoning the devil. <laughs> yeah. Like, he started with the chalk, and I was like, oh, is he gonna draw a door? <laughs> this kid runs through the forest, but he trips over a root, and he drops his backpack, and he stops. And he, and he looks around, and he calls out, I know you're out there. I know you're there. I'm not afraid of you. But then he gets grabbed and we get our opening credits. Pretty cool. You can't grab me. <laughs> what are you going to do? Grab it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's meet this kid real quick. His name is Parker Queenan. I'm probably saying that wrong. Sorry, Parker. He plays Connor Stevens. And this kid was in the pilot for the Punky Brewster reboot. Really? As who? Punky Brewster's grandchild? <laughs> I hope so. I, ho- I hope he plays like... Punk, I don't know. Punky Brewster sounds like a boy name to me already, so I hope he just plays the new Punky Brewster. That's sexist. Uh, is, is Punky her name, or is that an adjective? Oh, God. Brandon, do you want me to look it up? I can look it up real quick. Google.com. I've never known the answer to that, and I could have found it Punky out in her seconds. Name. Punky's, oh, no. Punky's dog's name is Brandon. Okay. Oh, good to know. Punky Brewster's real name, Soleil Moon Fry. I think that's the actress, though. That's the actress, definitely. Well, a quick Google search has failed me, and that's all that I'm giving you, so. I'm never gonna know. I'm gonna have to watch Punky Brewster. No, you're not. He was also in an episode of Andy Mac, which is, um, it was kind of like a teen drama on... Disney I've seen channel, an episode of that. Oh my gosh, what haven't you seen? Oh, Punky Brewster. <laughs> I've se- haven't seen every episode of Andy Mac other than the one that was playing constantly when I saw it. He's also in Party of Five. I don't remember. Really? I think it's yeah. Like, well, the a new, new one, new party. Yeah, new party. Oh, I was about to uh, the new party. A new Party of Five. Back in the episode, okay, we get a close up of a poster for Nosferatu, the demon vampire. Pretty sweet. And that pans Which out to one? a kid sleeping in a the bed. The Vink version or the Murnau version? I think it's kind of ambiguous as to which one it is. All right. I mean, it's going to be the Vink one because that would make more sense. Carnival of Doom didn't have any references to Are You Afraid of the Dark? This one is just full Jeez. of them. Like, yeah, almost a little like too much. it is like night and day. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... I, I like the same it. thing. I was like, slow down or you're going to run out of references to me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, they just kind of like... Reference, reference, reference. So, pretty cool. It's it's fun. I like it. It wasn't too much, I guess. No. It's a it's a fine line, though. I love the references. I loved them in the old series, and I love them in this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you get too much, you can be like, all right, we get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think, at least in this episode, they walk that line pretty well. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they're going to do it, for, like, moving forward, since they, they kind of hit the heavy hitters already. And uh, Real, Yeah, but maybe it was just to, like, assure fans that this is... Yeah, probably. <laughs> to get them in to watch the, the right next hands. four or five episodes. <laughs> just be like, hey, we're not the ones who made Carnival of Doom. <laughs> that camera pans over to a kid sleeping in a bed, and his dad walks in, and he claps his light on. He's just like... Because he's got clap-on lights. And he's telling him to get up. And the kid tells him, lights off, five minutes, five more minutes, and then he claps him back off. Dad claps him back on, saying that it's not his fault he stayed up late watching movies again. And the kid, whose name is Luke, and I might accidentally call him Connor, I'm not sure if I fixed all my notes or not. But anyway, he's saying, 
Studies show night owls are more creative than morning birds. And he claps his lights off. And Dad's all, oh, is that a fact? And Dad said, let there be light. And he walks over and he opens up the curtain saying, seriously, kiddo, I got some bad news. You hear about the kidnapping? And Luke snaps awake saying, what? And Dad's all, yeah, that sure woke you up. You like that? Yeah, I got more. And Luke tells him, no more. And he gets up as Dad says, you hear the one about the chair? You might want to sit down for it. And Luke slams the door in his face and he checks his phone to see he's got eight missed calls from Connor. And he calls him back, but it goes to voicemail. This dad. Just a ugh. couple of kidnapping goofs. Why did he do that? <laughs> Why do you say kidnapping? That seemed a little odd. Like, it's fitting for the story considering somebody just got kidnapped, but like he doesn't know that. Right. Luke McCoy is played by Bryce Geyser, who was in Walk the Prank from 2016 to 2018. Let me guess, you seen that? Jesus, no. What is that? <laughs> is that a a punk style show? I I assume so, just from the name. I don't know, though. If it's not about, like, dog makeovers, I don't want to see it. I know, right? Oh, my God. He was also in The Astronauts with Akiko, because Akiko's in that show, and the movie yeah. A Dog's Purpose, which I think might be the movie about the dog that keeps dying to find his owner. It gets reincarnated as other dogs. That sounds like that episode of Futurama I refuse to watch, but constantly. Yep, I think it's so a lot no like thanks. that, yeah. <laughs> Donovan Stinton plays Luke's dad, and he was in Three Moons Over Milford, Reaper, and Call Me Fitz. Nothing I've ever heard of, but those are We've things. We've talked about Reaper on this podcast. When, Brandon? And why? Oh, <sighs> Uh, it probably would have been when Tyler Labine was on the show, because he was oh, in yeah, Reaper. Tyler Bean. All right, back in the episode, we get a little camera pan of the town of Shadow Bay, which was established in 1897. We see a store called Wendell's Books, before zipping over to Luke on a skateboard skating around Shadow Bay, until he makes his way to a factory on the water. And in the distance, we can see the lighthouse in the woods. He rolls past that shit and comes up to some dude saying, Good morning, Mr. Stevens. Is Connor home? And he tells Luke, nah. He's already gone for the day, and uh, he must have headed to school early. So Luke tells him, oh, okay, going on another fishing trip, huh? And the guy tells him, yep, just a quick one. Six days at sea. <laughs> right. Just a quickie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hopes that he gets a good catch before the storm rolls in. Then he asks Luke to do him a favor and make sure Connor doesn't get in trouble while he's gone. And Luke says that he'll do his best, and he goes to leave, but Connor's dad stops him saying, Oh, Luke, if you see him, will you tell him that he left all the lights on again? That means no allowance. Luke rolls out of there, and then we cut to school. But first, Mr. Stevens is played by Kevin O'Grady, who's going to be playing Rhodes in the 2021 Day of the Dead series. So I think I've seen that before from another I Afraid of the Dark character, but I just did kind of passed it off. Day of the Dead is one of my favorite movies, so I'm thinking maybe this TV series is based on the movies, which, which would be freaking sweet. Huh. I mean, unless it's just a call to the movie, but, I mean, it's called Day of the Dead. You're going to have somebody named Rhodes in it, which was a, the villain. I... It sounds like it's based on Day of the Dead. <sighs> I hope so. And I hope it's good, if that's true. Yeah, I, I'll look into it more later. Back at school, which is Shadow Bay High, we see that there's going to be a glow dance soon. So Luke bumps into a kid and then another before making his way to his locker. And he opens it up, and there's a ghastly Grinner doll in there. Yep. Scares him. Put one more on the reference counter. Up walks another kid who says, What's the matter, Luke? Can't take a joke? And Luke tells the kid that he's gonna he's got to stop breaking into his locker. And the kid tells him, Never. Look what I got. And he pulls out a ghastly Grinner comic book. Yep. 
just like in the show. I was trying to look on the back of it to see if it had the same backing as the one that was in Tale of C7. It had a an ad for Are You Afraid of the Dark on it, but I couldn't tell. Luke asks if he can read it when he's done with it, and the kid tells him that he's already read it two or three times, and it's going to blow his mind because the ending's got to be one of the cool, lamest things ever. And he gives Luke the comic and starts acting all cool because some girls walk by and they're giggling. And he tells Luke that comics are lame and that he's a grown man with a savings account. Luke tells him that she's gone, so he snatches the comic back, saying that he's playing the slow game. And he asks Luke if he wants to come over after school because the new Crimson Clown movie is streaming. Alright. They crossed <laughs> <I know>. the line. <laughs> we get it. I know. I'm fine with it, though. Like, it was no, a little but that, much, but... That's cool. Yeah. Just in this one scene, I was like... You know, because I'm writing my notes and I'm like, oh, they make a reference to this. And then before I can even finish that one, he's like, and my hounds sure are hungry. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) shut up a little bit. Yeah, it do be like that, though. (laughs) (laughs) But that's cool because we just came from Carnival of Doom that had nothing. I was like, huh? Are you afraid of the what? Luke says that he has practice and asks if the kid is still on for tonight. He says he is, and then we switch scenes. Um, New character, though. I'm probably going to say his name wrong. Jay Malia is played by Arjun Athale. Athali. I'm sorry, man. Look, mispronouncing names is like one of the most endearing, reoccurring things of this podcast. I just feel so bad. Because I I, want to say everybody's name right. As somebody that has a weird name, like... You don't have any idea what it's like, Brandon? Your name is so boring. (laughs) Hey, everybody here calls me Brendan. Oh, no. That's not your name even a little bit. No, it's not even close to the same. We warp over to this girl who's handing out papers that say, Go solar, go green, act now. And she yells out, Mother Nature is dying. Our future is about to be canceled, people. Save the planet. Sign the petition. Don't just look away. Silence speaks volumes, people. Now, she's at the front of this classroom. She's not in a hallway or anything, which just seems weird to me. But, you know, if you want uh, traction, you got to go to where people are walking, not, you know, the 30 people that can walk into this classroom. But Luke walks up to her saying hi and asks if she saved the ecosystem yet. And the girl sighs saying that she's only gotten seven signatures so far and six of them are hers. Jay walks up and says, you know, Hannah, maybe if you weren't so intense, people would find you more approachable. And she argues, saying that she is a warm and pleasant person. And then yells, sign the petition or prepare for a fiery death. And Luke tells her that he'll sign it. And we see the list of signatures, which are Gabby Lewis, Seth Romero, Brad R., Stacy Caldwell, Jesse Hood, Trevor Corrin, and Connor Stevens. Luke looks up, saying, wait, Connor signed? And Tana tells her, no, that was me. Usually forging a, f- a few of the cool kids' names uh, will get the ball rolling. And Jay's all, you didn't forge my name. And the kids kind of look at him for a moment before Luke asks if she's seen Connor, since he tries to call Luke last night a lot. And Luke thinks maybe he forgot to do his history paper or something. And Jay freaks out, saying, it was due today? Hannah asks, because her name is Hannah, if there's any news on what tonight's story is about. And Luke tells her, nope, when in walks the teacher telling everyone to get to their seats and not annoy her. I love this teacher. You want to know what's cool about her? Is Her name is Miss Schaffner, just like in Locker 22. Yeah. I mean, that's cool that that's a thing, but Schaffner sucks, so. She's better than Schaffner. (laughs) She's the cool Schaffner. Yeah. Hannah tells her, Miss Schaffner, I won't sit until this school has renewable energy. And Schaffner tells her that she can stand in detention. And Hannah walks back to her seat. 
she calls out some names and that's where we hear jay's name um she calls out for connor but he isn't here and we look at his empty desk and we see luke text connor and ask where he is and then it cuts to the woods um before i cut though there's a funny joke where she calls out another kid's name that's not there and then she says oh it looks like they're on a date <laughs> you know it was good in those yeah. woods we kind of look around until we see connor's backpack we got a couple more characters to meet beatrice kitsos plays hannah romero and you may recognize her from the 2019 Child's Play reboot, Brandon, because I know you've seen that. Huh. Well, I don't. Oh, my next line on my note. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she was also in uh, iZombie, the Exorcist TV series, which I didn't know existed, huh. and the Babysitter's That's Club. Funny. The Babysitter's Club's going to keep up popping up. It's a, it's a couple characters are in it. Like the next character, Miss Schaffner, is played by Kaylin Miles who played in some ER shows, The L Word, and The Babysitter's Club. The New Babysitter's Club? Yes. Okay. Both of these are in The New Babysitter's Club. Have you seen it? <laughs> I've seen a few episodes, yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was just I've playing watched okay. all of the old one. Oh. And some of the new one. Are they... I'm not gonna watch it, so... Tell me, is it worth it? Was it worth your time? Do you feel like you gained anything from it? It's an okay adaptation of the Babysitter's Club story. Have you read the Babysitter's Club story? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay. All right. I've seen the old series, I've watched the movie, and I've seen a couple episodes of this one. That's my okay. entire experience with the Babysitter's Club. Okay, good. Back in school, we're in the gym where some kids are wrestling, and the coach is all tooting his whistle, and he's telling the kids that they're doing great. Then he tells Luke and Ronnie that they're up, and he suggests that the kid explodes? He's talking to Luke in particular, and he toots his whistle, and Luke and Ronnie start wrestling. Luke gets pinned, and the coach tells him that he's got to take charge, and if he hesitates, he'll lose every time. So this is just kind of showing us that Luke is kind of, like, hesitant to do things, which they hammer in later anyway, so I'm not really sure what they're doing. Look, they've got six episodes, damn it. <laughs> the coach casually asks why Connor isn't there, and Luke shakes his head, and coach tells Luke the, to get out of there. The coach's name is Coach Callback, um, which is a reference to Callback from uh, Tale of the Curious Camera. Pretty cool. Yeah. He's played by Josh Blacker, which is, he's been in a few Stargate shows. I've never seen um, Stargate before, but he's in a couple of those. He was in Elysium, and he was in an episode of Arrow. Do you think this callback is the same callback, or is it just the name, like Schaffner? I think it's just the name. But you know what? Maybe he'll be in more episodes and we'll find out if he's a huge asshole or not, right? Well, I mean, he's a high school coach, so he's a huge yeah, asshole. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know. My coach in high school was, uh, he was really nice. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was nice to me, anyway. We cut to, we cut over to the docks again, and, and we're at a restaurant called uh, Pajos, maybe? Pajos? Hmm. There's a girl. She's bringing up a tray of fish and chips. They're they're French fries, Brandon. But uh, you know, you're in Australia. I'll humor you. Fish and chips uh, yeah. to some people sitting the chippy, chippy. <laughs> sitting at a, the people sitting at a picnic table. Yeah, fish and hot chips. She hands the guy the food and he asks for more tartar sauce. And she says, "Uh, you got it. Be right back." And upskates Luke, who asks her if she's got a second. They both sit down at another picnic table and she hands him a serving of food on her tray. And sets the other one down for herself, asking, what's up? And Luke asks if she's heard from Connor, as she shakes some salt on, on the food. 
And Luke tells her that he wasn't at school. He wasn't at school or practice today. And the girl tells him, well, it's Connor. He probably skipped again. Did you try calling? But she's interrupted by that guy asking for his tartar sauce again. And she nods saying, tartar sauce. Got it. And Luke pulls out his phone saying, look at this. I got eight missed calls from him last night. Weird, right? And his dad says when he woke up, Connor was already gone, which means no one's seen him all day. And a girl from behind Luke calls out, excuse me, miss. Are those my fries he's eating? And Luke. <laughs> I love to that. It's pretty great. I like she's just sitting there waiting for her fries. She sees another human being eating fries and goes, hey, are those mine? I know. Luke looks at her eating a fry and the girl, whose name is Gabby, by the way, smiles saying, no, yours are coming promise and gabby asks if luke checked his house and he says yeah it's all locked up and no one's home gabby assures luke that he's freaking out and connor's probably getting his stuff ready for his story tonight since he does this kind of thing which means he's the Kristen of the midnight society let's be honest not a bad thing to be yeah i guess you're right props are dope she brings up when connor scared him on a full moon with his werewolf tail luke points saying i remember you being scared and they settle on saying that it was Jay that was scared. Luke then tells Gabby that she's not very good at this job, which was pretty funny. And Gabby tells them that she's sure everything will be fine and they'll see him at midnight. She isn't good at that job. <laughs> she's not. <laughs> so I know I've gotten old because uh, if I was watching this when I was younger, I'd be like, man, that guy who wants his tartar sauce sure is annoying. <laughs> but uh, as an adult, I'm like, get that fucking tartar sauce. <laughs> Why are you sitting down? If you've got time to lean, you've got time to clean. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> it doesn't help that you manage people that <laughs> that probably gotta go get tartar sauce. Get your ass up, Gabby. You're on the clock. No, I, I like that scene, and I like Gabby. Um, she's played... Gabby Lewis is played by Malia Baker, who is in the Babysitter's Club in 2020. Yeah, she an is. An episode... An episode of the 2019 Twilight Zone and an episode of The Flash. Everybody's in Babysitter's Club and one episode of a DC TV show. Yeah, or at least just a CW show. All right. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your missing Midnight Society leader. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. Whether you're new this week or a longtime fan, we always appreciate your support. Looking for more laughs? Become a patron for as little as $1 a month and get instant access to early release episodes the moment I'm finished editing. Higher tiers get more rewards like shirts, stickers, bonus episodes, and more. I'd like to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Mia, Tristan, Kaylee, and Venice Witch, the Silver Goth, Shane, Steven, Matt, Gerilyn, and Brittany, the Golden Day Days, Faith, Sarah, and Angela, and the Platinum Bostics, Bryce, Kathy, Evelyn, and Matt. Thank you so much, everyone. Our show wouldn't be the same without you. You can follow us on Instagram at Private Island Presents and on Twitter at PRVT Island. We create and post tons of content for each episode, like memes every Friday, abridged episodes on Sundays, GIFs and videos of your favorite episodes, and so much more. Every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, we watch full-length episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark live. For a quick link to all of our socials, the YouTube page, merch store, and more, check out the link in our episode description. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye!
We cut over to a house at night and we hear a scream and see somebody watching a spooky movie. I'm not sure which movie it is though, but it's Luke watching it. A light flicks off and Luke jumps out of bed. We cut over to Hannah's house and we see a family picture of Hannah, her two moms, and her little brother Seth. And I'm just going to introduce Seth now because he's in the next scene. Seth Romero is played by Dominic Marici and he's been in a couple of things like the Christmas Yule blog, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Narco right. Leap, and something called Deadly Class. And something called the Babysitter's Club and the Littlest Hobo. <laughs> he may or may not have been in uh, Babysitter's Club yet. <laughs> The, pan- the camera pans over to see Hannah with her phone out walking through the kitchen, and she's stopped by Seth with a flashlight. And she comes up with an excuse saying that she saw some litter in the yard, and she was just going to go out and pick it up. But he smiles at her and says, you are so busted. Hannah says that she wasn't doing anything, and Seth rolls his eyes, saying that he knows that she sneaks out at the midnight to go to her secret club to tell scary stories or whatever, and he wonders what mom and mommy will have to say about that. Hannah sighs, and Seth says, 50 bucks. But Hannah ain't giving him no money. So Seth says then, a new magic kit. That's the price of my silence. And Hannah says no to that too. So Seth says, fine. Then let me come with you. I want to join. And Hannah tells him, alright, but I'll have to initiate you first. Okay, let's see here. And she goes and she grabs a broom telling him to hold it. She grabs a chair to stand on and he asks what this is for. And she tells him that it's a special ritual and he'll see. She takes the broom and his juice, and she puts the juice up to the ceiling with the broom underneath it. She tells him to hold it and repeat after her, Fire of earth, smoke of sky, give me strength to keep me dry. She tells him, see ya, and he asks if she's going to help him get this down. But she says, no, have fun, I'll be back. Bye, Seth. And Seth complains that she can't do this to him, and then we cut. She thought of that so quickly. Yeah, but this like... must be dump- something she does all the time. The old broom and cup trick. I love that, but also, like, you're trying not to get caught by your moms. And I don't think that, like, forcing your brother to, like, hold a juice to the ceiling, which will inevitably fall down, making a lot of noise and cause, like, a huge mess, is the right way to do that. <laughs> no, because if I was in the brother's position, I would have absolutely zero qualms about smashing that shit. And then as soon as the parents come out, like, it was fucking Hannah. Yeah. (laughs) She snuck out and she didn't even buy me a magic kit. Exactly. So I don't know. Like, it's a really funny scene. And like, I don't, we never get to see how he gets out of this predicament, but. He gets out of it by smashing a glass. There is no other way. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Raining shrapnel on his head. (laughs) I I like Seth. He's probably my favorite person. Like my favorite character so far really <laughs> i like i like seth a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i don't actively dislike him but i don't really like yeah. him at all i know i knew you wouldn't and i knew i was gonna <laughs> I, when i seen seth i was like oh yeah that's gonna be my favorite character <laughs> that's a Cortland character yep yep i was like before he mentioned the magic kid i was like what the hell is this kid's deal because he's dressed like nacho libre oh yeah right he yeah. is he's got like a cape yeah. on and everything I like him. I like, you know what? Okay, so we've met all of the Midnight Society characters so far, or at least the main characters. I don't, we don't, we don't know who's in the Midnight Society yet, but, um, I like them all. I like Gabby a lot. Hannah's okay. I like Seth. Uh, Jay, I think is funny and kind of awkward, but like not in an annoying way. And then Luke is just kind of like, I don't know. 
He's just kind of there. Yeah. Luke is just kind of the... He's like the normal you know, grounded kid, I think, Yeah, right? I'm trying to, like, think of a word that means, like, bland, but isn't negative. Yeah, because he... Um, I mean, so far, he's just really concerned about his friend, which is great. All, all we really know about him is that he likes watching horror movies at night, and uh, or at least he uses that as a cover to go to his Midnight Society meetings anyway. Um, but he likes horror movies, and he's uh, he's very like protective of his friends. That's all we know about him yeah. so far. Luke, seem, Luke seems all right. Yeah. Jay, you know, he's a, the wisecracker of the group. Yes. He's like, quote unquote, a loser, but thinks he's cool. He's one of those characters. He's he's good. I like him. Uh, Gabby, I really like. Mm-hmm. Hannah, she really reminds me of Lisa Simpson, who yeah, right. I don't really like, but <laughs> I don't hate her. I have high hopes that she'll get better because she has like some sparks in this episode that um, is why I say that she's okay. Because like, if you're just gonna be like save the earth, you know, the whole six episodes, I'm gonna be like. You're kind of boring. But so far, I like them all. We're in this old boathouse now, and the kids are all there with their flashlights, and they're sitting around a table, and Luke's telling them that it's midnight. And the kids all say stuff like maybe he's sick or he skipped town, and Hannah says that he's disappeared before. Remember when you took the train down south? Luke says that Connor told him, and that he always tells him, and he asks the gang when the last time was that they saw him. And Jay says Friday at school. He seemed normal, except he kept falling asleep in class. Gabby thinks that sounds normal, and Hannah says that she saw him after school, that Connor came to borrow her ring light. Luke says, your ring light? Why? Hannah doesn't know, but that he said that he was working on something. Gabby's all knew it. I said he was working on something special for a story tonight. Jay thinks that he's making his own horror movie, and it's going to be really bad, and he's going to make us all watch it. And Luke tells him if that's what it is, then he'd be here to show us. Something about this feels really weird. He's the leader of the Midnight Society. He wouldn't just bail out on us like this. Then he looks at Gabby asking when's the last time that she talked to him. She says, uh, Saturday morning. I saw him on the wharf front when I was on a run. I tried saying hi, but he just took off running. Hannah asks if she knew where he went, but she doesn't. Luke looks at his phone messages again, and then we cut to a flashback. In the flashback, Connor is jumping into Luke's room as Luke tells him to quiet down and that his parents are still up. Connor tells him, who cares? Here, put this on. And he throws Luke a sweatshirt, telling him to bring his flashlight. Luke asks where they're going, and Connor tells him it's a surprise and to hurry up. So Luke says that he doesn't think that he can. And then they argue a little bit, and Luke tells him that he's cool with sneaking out for the Midnight Society, but he can't keep doing this stuff. Every single time he has a crazy idea, it ends up with Luke getting in trouble. They argue some more about not listening and being too stubborn, and Connor asks why Luke's got to be so afraid. Then says, forget it, I'll do it myself. Better off on my own anyway. And he slides out the window and down the roof, I guess. Back in the meeting, Hannah asks if Connor said anything to him about what he was doing, and Luke says, no, I don't know. Jay asks if he's posted anything on social media. So Hannah looks and says, guys, you see that? And we look at her phone with a picture of Connor, and there's like a shadow behind him. Jay's all, yeah, it's Connor, by the boatyard. Bad angle, though. You should have went lower. Hannah tells him, no, the background. And Gabby doesn't see anything, and Luke suggests that she turns up the brightness, where you can clearly see the shadow man is in the background. There's a goddamn monster in his Facebook photos. (laughs) Yes. Yes, there is. Gabby thinks maybe on Saturday he wasn't running running to something, but away from something. Whoa. If there was a monster in your Facebook photo, I don't know what I would do, Brandon, because you're so fucking far away. (laughs) Jay suggests that it was a... 
that it was Photoshop or a bad Facetune shop, which I don't know what that point is. It must be an app or something. Yeah, I'm too old. Luke asks Gabby if she saw anything following Connor, and she's all, we don't even know what this is yet. It could be just a blurry shadow. It's a fucking monster, but... Luke tells her if someone was following <laughs> it's him, very then clearly a monster. He should be in trouble. <laughs> it is. And they should be out there looking for him. Jay tells him, whoa, it's already past midnight. There's nothing more we can do tonight. Gabby agrees, saying if Connor doesn't come to school tomorrow, we'll start looking for answers. Then she declares the meeting of the Midnight Society closed, and the kids all turn what? off their flashlights. Where's my goddamn story? <laughs> well, they the story was with Connor, and he didn't come. I snuck out for this shit. I like that they're not meeting in front of a fire. I think it's um I think it's creative and interesting. Yeah. All these groups should have their own things. Yeah. We cut over to school where Luke checks out the lock on locker twenty two. Which is some which is something that they could have easily done in Carnival of Doom, but like whatever. So easily. It's so, like the so easiest easily. reference you could do. That's such a Like gimme. I'm glad they did it. <laughs> That's two references to Locker twenty two in one yeah. one thing. Like the most famous episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Locker 22. He turns around and asks the gang if anyone knows Connor's combination. Jay walks up saying that he's got this and asks Hannah for a bobby pin. She doesn't have one and he asks why since she's a girl and she gets offended. So he asks Gabby who's, who stares at him. Then he asks for a paperclip and Hannah's had enough of this shit and tells him to move and she gets to town breaking into the locker. Jake asks Luke, if girls have bobby pins and he says that he doesn't even know what that is, Hannah silences them and then quickly breaks into his locker. Has nobody played Fallout before? I haven't played Fallout. No. Well, okay. Jay asks how she did that and she turns around saying, practice. You gotta break the rules to change the rules. Luke pulls out a few books from his locker on curses and he wonders why he has these. And Hannah thinks maybe this is what he was doing before he went missing. You know, reading about curses. Jay wonders aloud when he got these, but Gabby shakes her head. She holds up a receipt saying that it was from last Friday, and we see it was for Sardo's Magic Mansion on Friday, October 9th. And you know what? I looked up Friday, October 9th, and it was a Friday in 2020, so good job, guys. Attention to deeps. Exactly. We warp to the outside of the Magic Mansion, and the gang is all there, and Seth busts through them saying, Sardo's Magic Mansion! Seriously, this is the best place ever! Yeah, that's when I started hating him. Oh, that's when I started liking him even more! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. He turns around asking if the gang likes magic too, and Hannah tells him, Listen, the only reason you're here is because Mom won't let you ride the bus alone. We have a quick question for the owner, so you're going to stay outside and wait for us. If you could do all that, me and my friends will watch one of your magic tricks. Seth tells her, okay. And the other kids head up to the door. Luke knocks on it, and we hear someone call out, magic word! Luke tells them they want to talk to the owner, and the guy tells him, bye! So Luke knocks again, and the person says, magic word! And Luke explains that their friend is missing, but the guy tells him, sorry, that's not the magic word, have a nice day. How what a terrible way to run a business. I know, right? That's what I thought, too. Nightclub, maybe. (laughs) Business... Like a magic shop. Yeah. You want that foot traffic, bro. And it looks like this is in like a not so busy part of town, too. So like, gotta get your customers as you get them. Like, Jay says, Hannah, I thought I thought you've been here before. And she says, well, I've only ever dropped Seth off. And she turns and looks at Seth with a sigh, asking what the magic word is. And he just stands there and she says, tell us and I'll buy you something. So he walks over to the door, knocks on it, and the guy looks down, and he sees him and asks for the magic word, and Seth tells him, Abra? 
And he looks at the gang who turns away and stops listening. And he turns back to the door saying, Kadabra. And the guy sighs and opens up the door. Some of my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> I just evolved an Abra into a Kadabra. Hell yeah. Inside the shop, Luke says, Mr. Sardo? And Sardo tells him, Mr. Sardo was my grandfather. My name is Sardo. No, mister. Accent on the dough. And we see Jay looking at a pinball machine and Sardo tells him not to touch it. And it's not a plaything. Luke pulls out his phone asking if he's seen their friend. And Sardo tells him, yes. And he's been looking everywhere for that little thief. He then tells the kids that their friend broke into a shop on Sunday night and stole something very valuable from him. Hannah tells him, no, he bought the books. We have the receipt. Pizarro tells him, yeah, those. But when I refused to sell him a special book I keep locked away, he took up late night burglary. He then yells at Jay again, who is about to put on a pair of super specs. <laughs> yep. He puts them down and Sardo tells the kids playtime is over. So either buy now or buy now. <laughs> Luke asks why he was reading up on curses and Sardo doesn't know and says that if he had friends like them, he would probably think he was cursed because they all suck. Oh, this Sardo. <laughs> yeah he's kind of an asshole he is <laughs> in a way that sardo wasn't yes the sardo senior he he was a bit of a, a jerk sometimes or uh you know had no patience for these kids nonsense and would sacrifice them to shadow beams oh yeah, yeah. And heartbeat but uh <laughs> yeah this you guy never is yelled just at a little them, bit though. more aggressive I like him. See, I, think, I think he's good. Yeah, I I do like him. I gotta say that. Man, it would have been so easy to make such a lame Sardo. Yeah, they he's got like the essence of Sardo with like a new like twist to him, I think. Yeah. He's not trying to be exactly the same, but he evokes a similar vibe. And I don't think that he's meant to be the Sardo from the seven seasons. I don't think it's supposed no. to be the same Sardo. He's a Sardo. And you know what? I'll take my Sardos any way I can get them. Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, as long as they're good. <laughs> if this Sardo sucked, though, I'd be in riots right now. I'd be so mad. He also says that, as kids, they all suck. <laughs> yes, that is such a great line. You all suck. As kids, you all suck. <laughs> Hannah tells him, look, we're just trying to find our friend. Quit being such a jerk. And Sardo's all, ooh, how polite kids have, have gotten these days. And Hannah tells him, okay, Boomer. <laughs> God. I love okay, Boomer. It's uh, it's gone now, though. I think people stop using it. Sardo then yells again at Jay, who's got a carved stone in his hands. Yeah, why not? I mean, these are props that should be in a Sardo, a magic mansion. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, give us the Oblivion tools next and uh, uh, some vomit. Um. <laughs> tiny door yeah oh i was looking hard for that tiny door i didn't see it though probably burned up in a fire <laughs> seth lifts up a pouch saying hey everyone look and sardo says hey everyone leave <laughs> and, luke asks, <laughs> and luke asks how he knew it was connor that oh, stole his book he's such a gleeful asshole <laughs> it's great it's refreshing i will say <laughs> it's good but again a terrible way to run a business Oh, absolutely. Especially considering that Seth has been in the store before. Like, Seth loves this place. <laughs> it's a, just it's like... a small town, and there's like two people who like magic. <laughs> and he's like, fuck you. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so Sardosh points to that camera on the wall, and he says uh, that he'll show them. So he walks to another part of the, the shop, and he opens up a door by putting his fingers in the eye socket of a skull. 
And he walks through that door telling the kids not to touch anything, and he brings them over to his computer. But before we continue, let's meet this new Sardo. He's played by Ryan Beal, who's been in a lot of things, like Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas, A Fairly Odd <laughs> Summer, which is a live-action movie on Fairly Odd Parents. Wait, what? Yeah, it has uh, Drake, huh? Drake in it, Drake Bell from what? Drake and Josh. Yeah, he plays Timmy Turner. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a thing, man. Look it up. Oh my god. Are the odd parents they're animated okay. they're like well, digital i think he was also in bob the builder from 2016 to 2017 didn't know they did bob the builder again but uh, they did they did he was in my little pony like the newer ones and he did the voice of Mega Man in Mega Man fully charged from 2015 to 2019 huh trying to imagine how that would sound i don't know That's i weird. just imagine Mega Man being like the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> fuck you Wally. i'm gonna kill you and absorb your powers Back in the episode, he shows the kids the video of Connor breaking in, and Jay's all, I bet he used a bobby pin. But Sardo tells him, nah, he used one of these, and he pulls out a skeleton key saying that he sold it to him the other day. Sardo says the boy's a barbarian, and we watch him bump into some crap in a store, which we saw at the beginning of the episode. Sardo complains about the crystal ball being rare and practically priceless. When Jay lifts one off the table saying, it says $7.99, Sardo snatches it saying that that's a different one. We watch Connor steal the book again, and Hannah asks what the book is. Sardo tells him it's the Book of Shadows, and it goes back centuries, holding spells from ancient times. It's actually priceless. We see the door open in the video, and Connor runs away as Sardo says, There he is, fleeing the crime. And Hannah asks why he ran out the back door, since he came in the front door. Yeah, explain that. Luke tells him to rewind it and look out the front door. And, oh, this is where I saw Slappy the Dummy, by the way. Um, when he like I, I paused it and saw slappy there in the video we watched the front door open up and on its own and luke wonders how it did that so jay tells him to go back and freeze the picture and they do and we see the shadow man in the doorway and gabby's all that's the thing from the photos yeah that's that monster sardo knows it though he looks at that and he says the shadow man <laughs> so i mean these kids at this point in the story monsters and stuff are just in their stories yeah they don't seem at all disturbed or shocked that there's a monster right in front of them yeah i know i thought the same thing they're just they just kind of they're just i don't know <laughs> they're just like huh it's that shadow man guy we cut and the kids and sardo are all sitting around a table and hannah brings over a candle sardo asks why and she tells him that he has a story to tell and they've got a process and asks he respects it he asks if he can begin and the kids say yes and he starts out once upon a time, but Luke tells him, wait, you can't start that way. Sardo gets sassy, but um, Jay tells him that it's a Midnight Society thing. And Seth pipes up asking if he's part of the Midnight Society now, and Hannah tells him no. <laughs> Luke hands him his phone and says, every story starts with these words. Think you can handle that? Your friend is dying. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that. Well, okay, they do. Let's but... wrap this up. <laughs> Let him get to the damn story. These kids are so fucking beholden to their dumb rituals. Sardo tells him that he'll try his best and then says, Before I begin, if I may, this story is about three kinds of people. The people who believe in curses, the people who don't believe in curses, and the people who should. Which was an intro to one of Gary's stories, right? I know one yeah. of the kids said this. I can't remember what story it was, though. What, do you remember which one it was? Oh, curses. Um... I feel like it was magic when he said it, though. Magic. What fucking episode was it? God, we're the worst. Well, we're going to have to start the whole podcast over again until we get to that episode. Then we can come back. All right. 
Tale of the Phantom Cab. This Buzz guy, I don't know about oh. him. Not oh, the best the actor, am I right? Oh, this, this compass. Oh, this compass. Shit's whacked. <laughs> oh. He looks at the phone and he reads, Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story, The Tale of the Haunted Woods. So that leaves me to wonder if every story or every episode is going to have like a, a story within a story, you know? God, I hope so. I hope so too. That'd be cool. Just like in Carnival of Doom Part 1, we get a story. Um, we flash into it and there's this great panning yeah. shot Laura of the Bertram, lighthouse. Laura not in this one. No, she's not. Therefore, zero out of ten. <laughs> Curse of the Shadows, canceled. Canceled of the Shadows. <laughs> Done. We flash into the story and we get a great panning shot of the lighthouse at the edge of the water that's surrounded by the woods. Sardo says that it is, it is said upon nightfall no child is allowed to enter the haunted woods because once the sun sets and darkness falls, an evil monster roams the land. They call it the Shadow Man. And we cut to a little uh, cul-de-sac where a bunch of kids are playing hide-and-go-seek with their flashlights. A little girl gets yelled at to find her own spot, so she makes her way downtown. She's walking fast. She's going to the woods. And we hear Sardo say, Over the years, every child who dared venture into the woods after dark mysteriously disappeared. We cut back to Sardo's, right, in the Magic Mansion, where Jay says, Wait, Becky Peters went into the woods and her whole family disappeared. And Hannah tells him that's because they moved to Oregon. Gabby tells him everyone knows about the woods and there's no boogeyman. They're just off limits because it's too dangerous to go to the cliffs at night. Sardo asks if he can go back to the story. And we cut back in. And we see this little girl ignore the unstable cliff signs and she heads into the woods. As Sardo says, once you enter the woods, you cross into the Shadow Man's domain. And an unspeakable curse will fall upon you. We see the girl step past uh, a little plant. And the shadow of the plant kind of follows her a little. And she walks through with her flashlight and finds the perfect hiding spot. And we see the camera creep around her and a figure appears behind her. And it slowly reaches out to get her. But her friends call out, over here! And they shine their light at her through the warning sign. When we look at her and the shadow man is gone. And she walks over to her friends. And then we warp to her bedroom where she's sleeping. She made it. She's nice and safe. Whew! We hear Sardo say that once you've been cursed, the Shadow Man will come for you. And we see the little oh, girl's fuck. digital alarm clock <laughs> read 10.14, and then it freaks out saying Shadow. Which is uh, kind of dumb. A little bit, yeah. We see a Shadow Hand reach out to her, and she wakes up, and she looks around calling out, Hello? And she lays back down, and she rubs her eyes. And the door to her room opens up on its own, and she looks up at it, and we see the Shadow Man appear. And she turns on the light, and then he disappears. Shadow Man's just everywhere. He's like the least shy monster I've ever seen. Yep, if there's shadows, he's there. Jaws doesn't show his fucking shark ass <laughs> until, you know, two the hours into the movie. <laughs> the shadow man's like, oh, is that darkness? Bitch, I'm there. <laughs> the, the little girl turns the light back off and the shadow man appears in front of her. She screams and turns the light on and he disappears again. Mom runs up asking what's the matter. And the little girl, her name is Zoe, by the way. She's played by Naomi Tan. It's a lovely name. Mm, yes. She says that there's somebody in her room. And Mom asks, who? And she says, a monster. And Mom walks in, consoles her, saying, Zoe, did those neighbor kids tell you a scary story? You know monsters aren't real, right? And she says, look, Mommy gets scared too sometimes. But you know what? Usually the things we think we're scared of isn't scary after all. Want me to check it out? Zoe nods, mom looks under her bed, and Bob ca- Ha! <laughs> Just kidding. 
Ah, April what a cool Fools. reference that would be. <laughs> you just imagine Bobcat appears <laughs> under the bed. Hey, guys. <laughs> you got a piece of paddle? <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing under there. Mom tells her as long as she knows there's nothing there, then there's no reason to be afraid. Now, let's get you back in bed. She covers her up, turns off the lights, and Zoe tells Mom that he wasn't under the bed because he was somewhere else. Mom's all, oh, he's in the closet, right? Zoe says no, and she asks where he is, and Zoe tells her, behind her. Then she looks, but nothing's there, and Mom tells her to go to bed and get some sleep. She closes the door, and the Shadow Man is there and takes a step towards Zoe. Shadow Man's creepy, man. I like the design on him a lot. Gives me very... uh, He looks cool. I've never seen it before, but it gives me It Follows vibes, where like the monster's invisible only to the person that's cursed by it, and um, just it can be anywhere. That's creepy. Yeah. Back in the Magic Mansion, Hannah asks Seth if he's scared yet, and he tells her no. Well, maybe just a little. Luke asks, so if you go into the haunted woods after dark, you're cursed? Sardo tells him precisely. And we cut to the commercial. Oh, okay. (laughs) Back in the Magic Mansion, Jay asks, so when you're cursed, what comes after you? Just a shadow? Sardo tells him no, the shadow man. What comes after you? You've seen it in pictures and video. (laughs) (laughs) That thing. We cut back into the story where Zoe is playing on a rickety old merry-go-round at a park. And she pushes it and she gets into the middle as Sardo says, According to legend, the Shadow Man can only come for you at night after the sun has set. And we see the girl spin on the ride and the Shadow Man is in the shadows and she gets a little spooked, as you would. And Sardo says, He watches you. He follows you. And he'll never stop until he gets you. And the girl looks underneath the ride but nothing is there and she gets back up and a hand reaches for her from under the ride. This time it's Bobcat. <laughs> Yep, he was under the merry-go-round. We cut over to Zoe's room where Mom is on the phone, and she says that she's worried about Zoe since her teacher says that she's falling asleep in class and she's waking up from bad nightmares. It's hard to even get her to go to bed at all these days. And we see Zoe draw a picture of the sun, and we warp to her bed where Mom's getting, where Mom's going in for a good night smooch. Zoe begs Mom to keep the lights on, and she sighs saying that that's why she has a nightlight. But Zoe wants them all on, just for tonight. And she begs mom a bunch, and mom says, okay, but just for tonight. Zoe lays down and says goodnight to her mom. We hear Sardo say, with every passing night, the Shadow Man grows stronger, biding his time until he's strong enough to get you and drag you into the darkness. A flash of lightning turns off Zoe's lights, and she covers up under her blankets, and we see a hand slowly reach up, and it's the Shadow Man, and she screams as Sardo says, when he finally gets it, you belong to the dark forever. God damn. Yeah, right? Poor Zoe. Do you think she's going to come back in the episodes? Nope. (laughs) She's fucking dead. Um, I feel like so many kids would be going missing in this area. Yeah, because it's not—it's not fenced out. You you can enter these woods whenever. There's just like a "Hey, don't go to the cliffs" kind of sign, and that's it. Yeah, and, and kids go yeah. into the woods. You can't stop kids from going into the woods. And it's not like, hey, if you go into this, you know, creepy part of the woods, it's like no. If you just step in the woods. After the sun goes down, you're just cursed and you will die. It seems like yeah. there is no way to stop it. Because he's literally everywhere. All the yeah. time. Just trying to get you. <laughs> so eventually he's going to get you. And yeah, I, I have to imagine that kids are just dropping like flies in this town. I imagine so too, man. I like it though. I think it's super creepy. I'm invested Very. already. Uh, I gotta say, the, the Shadow Man is played by Kyle Strouts. Who played in an episode of The Flash, Supernatural, Supergirl, and iZombie. I know. I wow. Know. He's just living in the CW offices. 
Back at the mansion, Luke asks how they break the curse. Sardo tells him that no one knows because no one's ever broken the curse before. Hannah asks why he roams the wood at night, and Sardo says because he's guarding the place where his spirit lives. Luke asks, which is? And Sardo smiles, saying, the old lighthouse, of course. We cut to the main part of Sardo's magic mansion where the kids are walking through his beaded curtain. And Sardo calls out, leaving already? Boy, oh boy, I must have scared you all silly. And he laughs, saying, but seriously, where are you going? Luke tells him that he's going to the lighthouse, and Sardo's all, what? That's lunacy. Seth says that he's coming too, but Hannah tells him no, that they're going to quickly check it out, and they'll meet up at their house. Sardo asks if those imbeciles heard a word he said, and they're going to get themselves cursed. Gabby tells him that it's just an urban legend, some stupid horror story that parents tell their kids to stop them from going out there at night. And she says that she's been in the woods a hundred times and nothing ever happened. Jay says, same. Only thing that's cursed me is poison oak. Shara's all, okay. Have any of you kids been to the woods after dark? Luke tells him that there's still three hours of daylight left, so even if the urban legend is real, the curse won't affect them. Besides, he's got to find out what happened to Connor. And he, he needed me, and I wasn't there for him. So I don't care if what you say is true. If Connor really was taken by the Shadowman, then I'm going to find him. Sardo begs the kids not to do it, but they ignore him and walk out of the shop. And he calls to them, or go, I don't care. I'm a business owner, not a babysitter. And he slams the door and we cut to the danger signs outside the woods. See, Sardo has a heart of gold after all. I know, right? What a what a turn, right? Already so quickly. He uh He got indoctrinated he... into the Midnight Society and <laughs> <laughs> Told his first he tries story. to prevent them from getting murdered a little bit. So, you know, yeah. good on he, him. He is secretly a nice guy. Gabby, Jay, Luke, and Hannah walk up to the signs, and Hannah wonders aloud if they're sure about this. Luke tells her no and asks if anyone wants to back out. They shake their heads, and Luke goes to take a step, but Jay stops him, saying, Hold on. Let's be smart about this, alright? The sun sets at 7.58pm, so I'm setting an alarm. And we see him set an alarm for 7.53, and the gang heads into the woods. And we get a sweeping shot of the woods, and it turns down the coast to show us the lighthouse. Very pretty. Yeah. So nice shots. Mm-hmm. In the woods, Luke asks if anyone sees anything, and Jay pulls out a candy bar, and he throws the wrapper down in front of Hannah, asking if anyone has any bars. And she says, shocker, no cell phone tower out here, and then yells at him for littering. And he picks it up as she says that she is so disappointed in him, saying that he is the trash he threw on the ground. Jay looks around at a crow and then backs up and falls over saying that he hates nature. From ahead, Gabby calls out, guys, over here. So they run up and she stumbled across an old meeting spot. She says, uh, too bad the woods are off limits. This spot would be perfect for the Midnight Society. It's got like a few logs in a circle where a campfire could be uh, in the middle. It, it looks like a Midnight Society meeting spot. It does. Interesting. No Very monkey interesting. Bone dust, though. No. And I don't think that it had one of the thrones, but uh, it's interesting. Luke agrees that it would, you know, make a good spot. And then we hear some giggle and a snap of, and a snap of a branch. And the kids walk over to investigate and Luke hears someone kind of phantom scream his name, right? I think it's Connor. That's like, yeah, definitely. We get the shot of the sun rapidly falling behind the trees. And with the gang uh, minus Luke, we see the cape of a kid go behind a tree. And Seth pops out screaming, gotcha. And Hannah asks what he's doing here. And he's all, I told you I wanted to come with you. Gabby asks how he tailed them. And Seth says, sorry, a magician never reveals his secrets. Hannah threatens his life. And then we hear a jingle from Jay's phone. And he looks at it and his alarm is going off. And it's 7.53. And he says that the sun is about to set. 
Gabby's all, that was three hours already? And Hannah agrees, saying it felt like ten like minutes. One scene. <laughs> yeah, so Jay tells them that it doesn't matter that they gotta go, so they all run back the way that they came. So obviously something's going on over here, right? Because like that sun rapidly setting, I think it was just showing us that the time was going faster than it yeah. should. And you can kind of see that too with the little girl walking into the woods in the story because the shadow of the plant moves with her. I don't know if that's showing time lapse or if it was just, you know, the shadows being creepy or whatever, but something so, interesting's going on. You can't go in the woods when it's dark, but if you go in the woods, it becomes dark. Yes. So It's a self-fulfilling curse. These woods are just instant death to anyone who walks into them. Yep. I guess so. <laughs> All right. With Luke, he hears another distant scream of Connor calling for him, and he looks around and he walks further into the woods. He comes up to that lighthouse, which has another house near it, when up comes Jay and grabs him saying that the sun is about to set and they gotta go now. And we watch the kids hurry and run through the woods, but Luke looks over and he sees Connor's red backpack. He stops saying that he won't leave without it, so he runs over to grab it and Jay keeps running out of the woods. With the girls and Seth, they get lost, saying that they've already passed that tree, so Seth suggests that they go another way, but Hannah tells him that that's the way that they came. So Jay walks up saying that the sun sets in the west, so they need to go east. He tells him to follow the shadows. So Gabby yells out that the shadows keep changing on the ground and none of this makes sense. Hannah looks around saying, wait, where's Luke? With Luke, he grabs Connor's backpack and he runs away. Kind of interesting. It's almost like a Watcher's Woods kind of situation, huh? But hopefully cooler. (laughs) With the rest of the kids, Seth falls to the ground. Gabby gets him up. They run out and they make it through the danger signs and Jay yells out, hurry, one minute to sunset. And they'll look back and Luke is still in there. With Luke, he's running through the woods as some shadows are chasing him on the ground. They grab his leg and he pulls away from it and he makes it out. He asks the gang if they made it and Hannah says that he lost a shoe. So Gabby helps him up and he says it's okay because they got they got this. And he holds up Connor's backpack. And Jay's phone dings again, and he looks at it and says that it's sunset, and they did it. They got out in time. They celebrate a little, and Luke looks back over his shoulder at the woods, and then tells the gang that they should get out of here. We watch them all walk down the road, and then we cut to Luke's room. A little bit of excitement, but, like, I know it's the first episode, so it didn't really have to be super exciting, but, like, we didn't really see anything. They were just running from time. Yeah. If you've ever seen The Mummy 2, yeah. uh, there's a part where they're outrunning the the sun, and mm-hmm. uh, that was stupid. Yep. And uh, this was not as stupid. <laughs> they're like, then a major motion oh, picture. We've got to run to avoid the dark, and then they get out of the woods, and it's like super bright. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they're like, whew, we just made it, guys. They don't even believe in the curse anyway at this point, do they? I mean, I've, they've seen the monster, but... They should, because they've seen the monster, but also, like, I feel like they're all just so quickly accepting of all this supernatural stuff when presumably they live in a world not unlike ours mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except it's a the scary place called shadow bay i don't know <laughs> yeah that's an ominous sounding name i would not want to live exactly. in shadow bay yeah me neither we are now in luke's room and he's watching a movie is it bride of frankenstein i can't tell I've never seen that, but... I've never seen it either. He's looking through Luke's backpack, and he pulls out some Christmas lights, and then a yo-yo with a with a sigh, and next a piece of paper that says, For June, candles, pictures, lights, gifts, always say goodbye. That's what it says on it. He puts the stuff back as his TV fizzles, kind of like in Poltergeist, and we see the lighthouse on it. Then Connor's face, but Luke doesn't see any of that. He puts the backpack into the closet, 
He turns around and he sees that his TV is static, so he, he grabs a remote and he tries changing the channel, but it doesn't work. So he walks up to it and he checks the back, which gets it back up to the movie. The lights clap off for some reason, so Luke claps them back on, and then he walks over to his bed and plugs his phone in when his door opens on its own, and something claps his lights off. He looks down the hallway, and he claps his lights back on, saying, Ha! Nice try, Dad. And he looks down the hall, saying, Dad? And his lights clap back off, and the Shadow Man starts coming after him down the hallway. (laughs) And it freaks Luke out, and he backs up to his bed. He claps his lights back on, and the Shadow Man is gone. And Luke stands up, and he says, Oh, no. And that's the end of the episode. I gotta say, um, I got two things to say, actually. A teenage boy, if that happened to them, would not say, Oh, no. They'd be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I thought the same thing. He was like, oh, nerds. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> Gee, Willikers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I've gotten myself into quite a pickle. <laughs> uh, the second thing is that um, I loved this. I thought it was such a good way to end the episode. I got chills from it, man. I was so excited. Yeah, he's definitely dead in seven days. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was so cool. I'm so hyped for this for this season. I have really high expectations. I hope they don't get shattered. I don't think they will, but uh, I'm down, Good man. Start. I love it. I want to see how many more references they can cram into five more episodes. I know. I'm excited for that. I'm just general, like genuinely excited to see how the characters develop, what's going to happen. I want to know. I'm I haven't been this excited for a show that wasn't made in the 90s for a very long time. Except for Pooch Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Can't believe that's real. I know. I'm going to be watching it every week along with these episodes of Free Dark. (laughs) It's a great one-two punch. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, you get the spooky and then you get the Pooch Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) The spooky and the poochy. Um... I don't have too much more to say about it, honestly. I think that it is super no, solid. It's I think good, it's a good start. I think it was made with love, and I think that was kind of what was missing from Carnival of Doom, and um, I am so for it. Well, Carnival of Doom had love for Carnival of Doom. It did. It, it, yeah. It didn't have love for Are You Afraid of the Dark, though. No. It seen, like we said back then, it seen two episodes, and then people were like, yeah, we got this. And then they did it. <laughs> it was all part of the show, right? Ugh. But this one, I am genuinely excited for next week. I want to know what happens next. Uh, you ready to find out what we're watching next week? What the episode name is? Yeah, what is it? What generic name have they come up with? Ah, it's equally as generic, but uh, somewhat reminiscent of an 80s movie. It's called The Tale of the Night Frights. Okay. I think this is going to be... I think it's going to be fun. Uh, what do you think this episode is going to be about? They're going to go into the woods at night. Again. I mean, Luke's already fucking dead, so he can go anywhere he wants now. Do you think all the other kids are cursed too, though? Yeah. I bet they are too. I think they're all pretty cursed. I think that this episode is going to be them trying to, like, they're going to be, like, huddled together, you know, like, in the same room or whatever, and trying to, like, shine the lights on the the Shadow Man and stuff. I think that's what it's going to be. I think they're going to go back to Sardo and be like, yo, we're cursed. How do we break this curse? And he's going to be like, shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think sardo is gonna be back too i think this is gonna be like the the plot doesn't move forward too much kind of episode but it's just more them getting stalked by a shadow man kind of thing hey i'm down for i'm down with the shadow man me too i think he's spooky he gave me chills when when he uh walked down that hallway with such authority after luke i was like holy shit 
Yeah. So I'm so like you so not excited. clap. Shit. He clapped. He clapped it. Damn it. I hate these fucking clap lights. The one true weakness. <laughs> no, but there's probably going to be like some sort of power outage and they're going to have to, um, you know, f- scramble up some flashlights. Maybe plug in those Christmas lights into a generator. Who knows? Oh, man. It's like pitch black. Get Riddick up in here. Fucking Vin Diesel. <laughs> <sighs> all right. That's all I got for you today, Brandon. I am, as I said, like six times now. I'm super looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to getting uh, more story. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. I will talk to you next week. I've been up all night going back to bed. It was fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Bye, Brandon. Bye. Bye.